Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Energy. Quick prayer circle. Okay, I'm ready to go. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Betty's. We need to do our vocal warm-ups. We did our prayer circle, we did our energy, and now we need to do our vocal warm-ups. Do you want to lead lead us off? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Lead us off. The rose. The rose above. The rose below. The rose above. The rose below. Is that a real one? No. Oh, shit, babe. You go. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red. I thought we would make up ones that were on theme. I made that one up. Do you remember when when Erica came out? She was wearing an outfit that was all red and yellow. See? (laughs) That's why we do them. That's why we do the fucking things. Is because I just tripped over my words and now I'm the asshole. This is Rose Betty's. In this podcast, we talk about Bachelor Pad Season 2 and it is the... um, well, we are now, not forever. I feel like we might always be talking about Bachelor <laughs> Pad season two. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to describe my current relationship with Bachelor Pad season two. I don't know how to explain it because there are parts of it where I can't believe it's on a television show that um, we're watching, and then there's parts of it that are so. Ch- you actually saw me earlier today. I kind of burrowed into the couch mm-hmm. like some sort of um, nesting animal. Like I was trying to escape by way of couch because of the very bad things that ABC was making me watch on the television of Bachelor Pad season two. Yeah, Griffin always talks about the skeleton part, but he doesn't talk about the second part, which is his fleshy remains uh, and how they roll into themselves. This is very much just a, a just sort of a diaper bag of <laughs> skin, and it was uh, good God. We're talking about two episodes, episodes two and three. There are six episodes. I'm, maybe we can knock out the last three. This is in, in one episode next time. This is a fucking... It's tough to watch more than one of these bad boys, isn't it? Yeah, there's no winners here. There's no person that leaves this season unscathed. It's just... It's it's just... Everybody... like You see somebody who's like, I'm going to go on this date. I'm going to kiss him just so I get that rose and make him think that I'm in love with them. And you're like, ugh, that's gross behavior. That's all of them, though, is the problem. Yeah. It is... It is it's all of them. I think we, we approached episode one with the idea that we would watch it as we had watched other seasons, where there would be some people we liked and some people we didn't like. And we kind of started to set those pieces in motion, and then... These two episodes was like, oh, they're all terrible. It is a it is a blend of genuinely um like outrageous reality TV in a way that I like and is like it represents some of the stuff that I like about sort of the sometimes like benign outrageousness of the core franchise combined with like some oh my god, very problematic sort of characterizations of typically the women in the house um, combined with like, I genuinely think all, but maybe two of the dudes are complete fucking all star. Well, and I feel, rat bags. I feel nervous even making that assertion, <laughs> but defending two of them. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. So, so major drama points in case you skip the last episode, Jake 
and Vienna were engaged in Jake's season of The Bachelor, and then they split up, and now she's with Casey. Who comes in at episode two? Uh, I don't know. This could you never know. This could be somebody's first episode of the podcast. Um, and uh, Mike and Molly. Oh, oh, Holly. Holly. <laughs> Do you think they base that show on sort of their love story? Um, they were engaged also, but they split off. And let's see. Last uh, week, Rated R went home, and Allie went home. Yeah, nobody really cares. Um, oh, and Gia. Um, Gia was in danger. Yeah, Gia's kind of on the chopping block. Yeah. Take me away. Okay. Episode two. Okay. So episode two begins. Uh, Jake thinks that he's really gaining ground in fighting this image uh, that he has created prior to the show. Uh, We know that's not true, but it is very revealing of how little Jake knows (laughs) about how he comes across. Yeah. He, um... Yeah, I don't really. I I I have a hard time. I, the more time I spend with Jake, the less time I want to spend with Jake. Um, I can't imagine watching a whole fucking season of The Bachelor that this dude is in charge of. Yeah, no, I I watched his season, and I remember him being bland, but in the kind of um, inoffensive way that most bachelors are bland. Uh, no, I found it quite offensive. <laughs> yeah. No, he's offensive now for sure. Okay, so here's the challenge. Uh, and this is uh, this is a rough challenge. So each this is the roughest challenge I've seen on each any person show. has a target painted on their back, and the opposite sex will throw a little egg of paint on the person they think. Uh, responds best to the question they are asked by Chris Harrison. Um, So the dudes are up first, and they are all standing with their backs to the women. Each woman comes out one at a time and answers the following question. And I'm just going to go ahead and list all the questions. Yeah, and they keep it anonymous, so the dudes don't know who is throwing the eggs at them at any time. The questions are, who are you least attracted to? Awesome. Who do you think least deserves the $250,000? Easy. Who do you think should go home next? Oh, man. And who do you think is the dumbest? That one's easy, though. The last one's easy. Maybe it's not easy, just because, like, is there a way to sort of throw... You ever see, like, one of those old Western movies where it's like you have two bullets to shoot out these three candles, and so they shoot... Um, one bullet sort of into the candelabra to turn it sideways, and then they shoot the other bullet straight through. Now that they've got them all lined up. I bet there was one, at least one woman who's like, I, I bet I can fucking wanted style curve this bullet so I hit all all of the men <laughs> simultaneously. That would be nice. Um, who gets really? I mean, obviously Jake gets dunked on the "Who's going home next?" question. Yeah, I would say there aren't a lot of repeats for the other questions, but yeah, Jake gets at least five. Casey also gets a fair amount of who's the dumbest, which he's uh, then. Uh, I'll, no, I'll... Casey gets who are you least attracted to and who least deserves the money. Oh, okay. He doesn't get dumbest. Will and Graham get dumbest. I don't even know who Will is. I don't know who Will is. I barely know who Graham is. I like wrote down the name Will and even doubted as I was writing it that was actually a person on the show. Sorry, Will. There's at least like five every season. Don't take it too too hard. You're um, you're there with a lot of folks, Will, that are sucking up a lot of oxygen up out the room. So Yeah, so Melissa quote wins the challenge, which means she hits the most guys with eggs. 
Um, and so she gets the rose, but nobody wins this challenge. It's so devastating. Well, especially when the dudes are throwing eggs at the women, it gets fucking really, really hard to watch. Yeah. So there's the, there's a little variation in the questions for the women, but not really. Uh, the first question is, who do you think is most likely to cheat on you? Um, and it's Vienna and Ella both get eggs. Jake claims that Vienna cheated on him with three men. Okay. Uh, who would you most like to go home? Uh, this is where Erica starts getting literally hit with a lot with every, of negativity. With more or less every egg. She gets a bunch of the eggs for go home next. And I think basically all of them for least attracted to. Uh, no, she says a, a little over half. So it's not all. I mean, fuck it, whatever. It's like yeah. dudes throwing eggs at women that they're not attracted like, to. Holy shit. Like, literally hit. Like, Michael Stagliano, in an effort to win the challenge, like, throws it super he hard. Th- he, like, he, like, gives it, like, a four-seam fastball, and it's, it, 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 the whole thing sucks. And Michael, at, at, I mean, not to forgive him or whatever, but immediately is like, he like puts his head down yeah. like, oh my God, what, what did the fuck do? did I just do? I and he ends up winning the challenge and like takes her on the date like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That was fucking, I wasn't thinking. I'm so sorry. Okay, so Erica, after this is over, is pretty upset. Um, and I felt pretty bad for her. But then she proceeds to say that she is um, definitely more attractive and she really thinks that somebody like Ella would be the one who would be less attractive. Like, basically... She says, like, Ella's heavier than I am. Yeah. And so I still feel fucking awful for her because it was know. really horrible I to know. watch. I know, it was sad. So Mike and... Uh, 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 Melissa. So Mike and Melissa end up winning and each get to take three folks on their... On, like, a group date. On their group dates. Yeah. Uh, each of them also have another rose that they can hand out. And remember, if you have a rose, nobody can vote for you in that the decision chamber. Uh, so before the date happens, we get a little more detail on the Michael Stagliano and Holly story. Because uh, we know, obviously, they've been engaged and it was broken off. But we, I didn't, at least I didn't know a lot of the details on it. Uh, and so he said that he was with Holly for a year before he proposed. And she said yes. And then she called it off only two and a half months before the show is being taped. Uh, and then they, no, 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 they got back together. And then... Uh, they, they they broke it. She broke it off, and then they got back together, and then he broke it off the second time a couple months, two before and a half shows. months yeah. before. Yeah, you're right. Um, should we talk about Holly's like what happens in her romantic life? I, I feel like it, it, we didn't talk about this because we didn't like really research like what happened to these folks after they left the house. I feel like this I might be a good it's time. A spoiler though. I mean, I don't know. I know it. I, I feel like. Can we can we just um, should we just say that Holly does end up marrying somebody from the Bachelor franchise? Yeah, but it ain't it ain't Mike. It is not Michael. And so, like this whole time, it's just it's just like watching a. It's like that scene from Austin Powers. Here's a really good cultural, like relevant reference. Um, that scene where like the the steamrollers like coming at the dude really slow, and he's just like he doesn't move <laughs> or anything. Um, that's like I feel like that's like Mike this whole time, yeah. just like. He keeps asking her on dates and he keeps like, 
It's just, dude, it ain't. Well, this date is especially painful. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, we should also talk about, I feel like, um, Vina and Casey, there were some interviews that came out and Vina and Casey were on a show, I think called Relationship Rehab, where they sort of hashed celebrity out. Celebrity Rehab? I don't maybe? know. I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it was like a couples therapy style show where they like got into it. And after they broke up, Vienna um, talked about how Casey was very emotionally um, and, and like verbally abusive. Um, and uh, she, I mean, she definitely said like the same stuff about um, what's his face? Jake. Jake. Um, I don't know. I feel like we were maybe too, uh, we kind of acted as if, um, they're, you know, they're equal because she's like a villain on a reality bad. I don't yeah. want to give anybody that, that impression because no. I, I, Jake and Casey fucking are awful. They're both yeah, they're complete monsters, dudes. especially in these two episodes, like, I feel like Casey Moore sort of reveals himself for who he yeah. is, which is to say a fucking disaster. Um, but yeah, I, I, folks were critical and I think like fair um, that, that we were saying like, yeah, you know, she said that he was abusive, but you know, she's a, she's a real villain on this reality show. Those two things are not even remotely fucking at all equivalent. Yeah, no, we fell victim to kind of the, the bachelor bachelorette show, which is like, there's two types. There's, there's villains, you know, and then there's like the, the wifey or the husbandy. Um, and, and I think at least in the last episode when I was watching, I was like, oh, um, Casey and Vienna are both villains. Okay, done. And it's obviously no. Not they that have simple. whole lives and whole things outside <laughs> yeah. of outside of the show. Um, it's yeah, it's tough knowing like because I mean this ultimately this wasn't that long ago, right? This was I don't know. I saw a fucking little corner advertisement for Pan Am coming on, and I was like, <laughs> holy shit, this was not that long ago. <laughs> What is Pan Am about? It was like about the airline. It was like a well, yeah, madman of madman of the skies, but it lasted like four. I didn't episodes. think it was about a man named Pan Am <laughs> and his detective agency. Um, what happened next on the TV show The Bachelor okay. Pad season two? So we alluded to this already, but Mike decides to take Erica because he feels bad about beaning her hurting, so hard, hurting her with an egg. Uh, Michelle and Holly out on the date, um, and. He says something like, oh, well, because Holly and I have experience dating and we have a lot of fun on dates. Um, and they end up going to a haunted hospital. Sure. I mean, they, they, they named the hospital, but I didn't write it down. Um, but the whole thing is they walk up and Michael says, this is like Wizard of Oz, except we're going to hell instead of the Emerald City. Uh, and all four of them are walking up towards this big haunted hospital and there's flashlights and chains and hospital records and folders. Paperwork with medicine on it. Cabinets. Names and numbers and colored stickers and two ghosts. Um, (laughs) Erica thinks that she is the least scared and is willing to try and quote contact a ghost with Hell Michael. Yeah. Hell yeah! Um, while they are contacting a ghost, Michelle is talking to Holly, who's contacting her own ghost of hers and Michael's oh, relationship. Ooh, you like that shit? Nice. Yeah, dude. I want some Nicholas Spark shit right now. This is why you get the big bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so Michelle's like, what's going on with you and Michael? It seems like there's still something there. Um, and is it this the point where Holly kind of says, I'm ready to move on? Does she tell Michelle that? I don't know. I mean, at some uh, constantly, every conversation she has with people that aren't Michael, she's talking about how it's not going to, including those behind the scenes, like interstitials. Like I, I'm not interested in getting back together with Michael. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to get back together with Michael. I'm not. I feel like that ship has sailed, and the universe is telling us not to get together and all of this stuff. And yet they keep going on dates, and he keeps giving her roses. Oh, and and so at this point, yeah, as he does he does give Holly a rose. He goes out onto the roof with her uh, and talks about how proud he is that they're able to be friends um, and that they s- still have a lot of love for each other as friends. Um, and then they talk about how they want to hang out with each other all the time and they really want each other to be happy. Uh, and this is when she starts to say, well, I just don't understand why we broke up. It always seemed like the timing was off. Uh, and Michael says he misses her a lot. And she says, don't you always feel like we've been best friends? And then it goes quiet for about a hundred days. Yeah. Rachel and I wasted away and turned to sand. It was. And then Michael says, no, <sighs> I wanted to marry you. It, it, this I've watched so much fucking reality TV and a lot of it for this podcast. Hi. Um, <laughs> this is maybe, and I don't know what this says about me. The first time I've seen something on a reality show that I felt like, oh, man, I shouldn't be watching. That. Yeah, this was devastating. I shouldn't be. I should. I, I feel like we talked about in the last episode. Like, what is that real? Can, can you know that drama? Can it be real? And it's like, the more I see these two, like, yep, these two were. In, they dated yeah. for a long time and got engaged and then broke up and then kind of got back together and then broke up again and now they're on this show together and like they are radioactive. I shouldn't like when they are on screen together. I am thinking about all of that stuff and it's it's all fucking super real and i feel like i shouldn't be party to it like it feels really inappropriate i think i don't remember who says this i wrote this down and now i don't remember if holly said it or michael said it but somebody says everything about you i love what do i do with that he says i love the shit out of you holly like but they're not gonna get back together they, they're not. I, Griffin, 2017, Griffin, Andrew McElroy, Forbes 30 under 30 media luminary. No. <laughs> like, they are never, never, ever getting back together. And, 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 and so it's like I'm watching this, like, I don't know if you've ever been in, like, a relationship limbo before, but it's like, it fucking, no. it, it sucks a lot. It sucks. Any breakup I've ever had is always like, and we're done. I've had at least one relationship that, like, did that, and it's like, it really sucks a lot because it, pretty much always it doesn't work out and it is just a it is a slow and awful train wreck that both of you just kind of have to like chill on for yeah. a bit like it is and watching that happen on TV knowing the outcome of it is like man it stinks a lot um especially because like uh I I know Michael like I know well not personally oh, come on. <laughs> um but like I know him from the the uh, next season of the show that I watch and I really liked him from that. I think he's like one of the more good dudes to be on this show. Um and it's geez, it's just it's tough to watch, man. Yeah. Yeah, because it seems like there's no love lost there. They just kind of couldn't make it work and they know that there's nothing different now. 
but they still have this feeling for each other because it's only been two and a half months. It ha- that's nothing. That's nothing. Uh, anyway, he gives her the rose. He gives her the rose. <laughs> I thought he was going to give Erica the rose because he hit her with an egg pretty Very hard. Very hard. <laughs> it was like a rookie of the year, like funky butt loving situation. It's a great movie. You should watch it sometime. I've seen Rookie of the Year. I can't remember. He hits the doctor in the nose really hard with his pitching arm, and then the doctor says, funky butt loving. And then I said, that's the funniest fucking thing I'll ever hear in my life. Oh. Yeah, it changed me. Okay. Um, Melissa, it's her date. She takes Kirk, Casey, and Blake. All three men look exactly the same Y'all. to me. <laughs> How many times in your notes did you write down, like, and then Blake wrote to, I mean, <laughs> fucking, no, it's Kirk shit. I mean, I know who Casey is, because Casey is with Vienna, and they are, like, the stars of the show. Yeah. Kirk and Blake, I legitimately, like, I have to really concentrate. Uh, yeah, pretty much all the dudes look exactly, I mean, here's a, a thing I don't know we've talked about um, in, in the last episode. Uh, everybody's white. Everybody's white. Oh, yeah, super white. It's uh, And that's not, uh, it's a... It's a 100%. I mean, I uh, I don't want to, I don't know. Well, we don't, to be fair. Uh, yeah, we can't we say with 100% everybody's certainty. Heritage. Yes, but like, there there are no, it does, there's no people of color in the house, like, whatsoever. Um, and this is not that long ago. <laughs> like, I can't stress that enough. This was, like what, 20, 2013, ago? 20, oh, yeah. Was that recent? I think so. When was Pan Am on the air? It wasn't because we were watching Bachelor and Bachelorette together. I thought it was like 2011. Uh, let's see. It started in 2010. And so this would have been 2011. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Six years ago. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's fucking buck wild, man. I can't believe, like, I can't believe there wasn't a single person of color that you wanted to bring back. Like, on, like, I know y'all don't feature a lot of people of color on this show, especially in the, like, uh, in the late aughts, early, like, and before, like, it's just, it's well, unbelievable. So here's the thing, and this is something this the franchise is notorious for. Typically, people that go on Bachelor Pad or Bachelor in Paradise, although later in the seasons this changed, uh, it's people that have lasted a reasonable amount of time That's on fair. the season. And, and that was like, yeah, that, that was not really happened at this point. Not until the past, like, couple seasons. Although like, I will say, Bachelor in Paradise, they now bring a lot of first episode people. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't remember me. I was on one episode. Um, so Melissa's so, date with the three fucking multiplicity style clone boys. <laughs> so the date starts and Melissa kind of unprompted says she's gonna give Casey the rose if he's willing to save her at the next elimination where she it's is not immune. It's a strategy play. Yeah, and so Casey kind of goes into the date like he's the godfather, like, oh, everyone comes to me, and and I, you know, make all the decisions. You know the movie The Godfather? Who is Who did that one? Uh, where, um... Describe to me the whole plot of The Godfather starting Where now. The Godfather is opening, like... Opening shot. Uh, hey, come to me, I make the decisions. And That was... <laughs> pitch Perfect. Can you do the line that the guy says after they kill the guy in the car and they get out of the car and he tells the guy to get something but leave something? You know that line? Oh, this is the one that you like to say. Yeah, can you say it but in like the great accent? No, that would be offensive to our... No, not if it's like like exactly right. Like if you do it exactly right, it's you're, you're not doing like a, a racially charged accent. You're doing like a good impression of that actor. 
I like cannolis. Stop. No, that's not it. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked. I'm sorry I asked. Do you do you want to do it, Griffin McElroy? Okay, I'll do it. I like cannolis. It was you were so close. I was so close. <laughs> I like cannolis, but I hate guns. So leave the leave it, but bring the cannolis. Or does he leave the cannolis? Get the gun, leave the cannolis because he's on Weight Watchers. <laughs> <laughs> Get the gun and the cannolis. I'm gonna shoot the cannolis. There's a whole scene where he shoots a whole box of cannolis. It's a fucking weird movie, man. It's like very artsy. Uh, so this is when we learn a lot about our friend Blake, who looks a lot like Kirk, but is twice as evil. He is, y'all, low-key the top five yeah. worst dude who's ever been in this greatest, entire fucking show. Greatest villain. And when I say greatest, <laughs> yeah, not- I mean worst. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and villain is even like uh, this is another we I need know, new vernacular Vernac- he's such a little zesty boy he's not a zesty boy he's a fucking like real genuine grade a bastard yeah he's awful so he going into the state the state is on a boat uh they are all going to get on the boat together uh but before they get on the boat blake says that melissa is not his type but he knows what he has to do uh and you got to do what you got to do uh, to get the rose. And so he already kind of sets himself up as like, I'm going to lead this woman on so that I can be safe. And he does. And he definitely does. They like go in the cabin of this boat that they all have been sailing on. Yeah, he says, um, he says something like, I can tell everything about a person by the way they kiss. And so then they kiss and he tells us, kissing her seemed like an easy way to pacify her for a moment. Fucking dude. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the treatment of Melissa is like... Oh, Melissa. It's so hard to watch. It's it's The people in this house do a lot of... There's very... It's weird. There's very little, like, Survivor-esque, like, gameplay, traditional, like, gameplay happening, like, taking out the threats and, like forming new alliances when your old ones don't work out for you. But there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like manipulation going on pretty much constantly. And if you don't hang with that, like you become the subject of it real fast and it gets real nasty uh, real quick. And that is like a watching like a teen drama. Like it's like a WB show, like the way they go after each other. Yeah. And and what, what makes it especially fucked up and actually like, um, like it genuinely tough to watch is like what you have to keep in mind is a lot of these folks are real life buddies that like got to know each other at these like bachelor reunions like a lot of these folks come into the house they weren't on each other's seasons they just got to know each other at these big ragers that they go to all the time that the franchise puts on and so they're real life friends who come into this game and just like fucking devour each other like piranhas it is it's like man it's tough yeah uh, so while this date is happening, uh, Jake is again going to try and talk to Vienna. Uh, he really thinks that he can make some some headway with her. He's basically going to beg for his life. Yeah, he knows that he's in danger of going home because he's not immune. Um, and so he tries to pull her away. He says that he needs to ask her a question. And she's like, well, I don't feel comfortable talking to you without Casey there. And he's like, oh, well, bring whoever you want. 
And she's like, no, I would prefer not to. And just refuses to talk to him. And so Jake just goes and walks around out on the fucking yeah. the wet driveway for a while. Just there are kinda, a lot of lonely Jake shots. Yeah, very like Arrested Development, um, Christmas Time is Here yeah. style <laughs> montage. So with the date with um, Melissa and Blake and Kirk um, and Casey, uh, Blake gets the rose. Casey is hurt and feels like it was shady that Melissa was like, hey, I'm going to give you the rose. Wait, no, never mind. Blake kissed me. You don't Fucking get it. Fucking cerebral assassin. He's <laughs> running this game. You said I'd have it. Uh, so Kirk and Casey uh, leave the date in a little speedboat, and it's just Blake and Melissa on the boat. Uh, and this is when they start talking about how they're going to be partners to the end. Um, and... This is when Griffin, Griffin and I are talking about this partner thing. So they don't have to be partners. No, it is a it is sort of an artificial construct of yeah. like w- when there are couples challenges, we'll team up for each other, and I've got your back, and you get my back, and yeah, it's very it's a very loose structure. Yeah, nobody nobody's making them do this. Uh, this is where Blake and Melissa kiss some more, and Blake assures us, the viewer, that he had quote had a few drinks, which Girl, is why cool. they kissed. Um, Unnecessary. Uh, so back at the house, Gia is trying to get people to vote against um, Vienna and Casey because Gia understands and and most of the strategic players do like this couple can't run the show. You can't let this couple run the show. So she goes to talk to Graham uh, and because she considers Graham a friend. Uh, unfortunately, Graham tells on her. Pretty much right away. I don't fucking get this at all. Yeah. This couple is literally running the game and making all of these decisions. How do you not, how do you not like, how do you not go after them? It doesn't make any sense at all. These people are such dummies. Mm-hmm. Um, and while this is happening, Holly and Blake are hanging out a lot. Oh, God. Um, and Melissa sees this happening, and this is just the night after her date, and she feels really upset about it because it's Holly and Blake together all night. Everybody's seeing this. Apparently, everybody's coming up to Melissa and saying, like, what's going on with those two? And she feels really embarrassed. Um, and Melissa kind of seeks them out and finds them in a bedroom together and like goes and sits on the bed with them. Uh, to which point Blake says, this is not the threesome I had in mind. I wish I could throw an egg very hard and fast at Blake. You know, so gross. Uh, and eventually Holly leaves and Melissa is very angry and confronts Blake. And Blake is like, well, if you want to get emotional about this, uh, which also awful, Everything out of his mouth is awful. Um, and Melissa kind of reveals that she is also on this season to do some image repair, which I don't really remember her season, but apparently she came across as like, I don't know, not great. And so she says that she wanted to be on this show and and make clear to everybody that she's a fun, nice person. Um, Have you ever watched anybody be on this show? <laughs> And then come back, and then after the second time, be like, you know, I think differently. Michelle Money, 
Michelle yeah. Money did. Michelle Money for sure. Michelle Money I like now, and she was kind of a villain on her season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bachelor in Paradise actually has done more image repair uh, than the series Yeah, proper. I was going to say Bachelor in Paradise for sure. Um, but this is not the fucking program that you come on to like fix your shit up it's it, it bachelor in paradise is like no stakes and so i think like it's easier to do that in this one people will literally like stab you in the head to get an extra vote for their quarter of a million dollars like this is not the show you're going to come out looking squeaky clean uh and this is where blake really seals himself as a disgusting person uh he says to the camera after this exchange with melissa it's not hard to see why she's single that kind of behavior out of a 32-year-old woman is not attractive. Which... I and then he fell down a well. Yeah. and then he, 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 he fell out a window and landed in a well, and nobody ever saw him again. The well got him. And then his nose did that crinkle thing, and he became a vampire. <laughs> you know? We've been watching a lot of Buffy. We've been watching a lot of Buffy. Um, uh, yeah, Blake this sucks. Is, this, okay, so they're, they're talking about the vote, um, and Casey is telling us about the vote. And he says the expression, and he says this a lot, Jake's kicking rocks. Yeah, as, deuces, as, deuces, dude. Jake's yeah, time to kick out, rocks. Peace out, Jake. Time to kick rocks. Is this anything you've ever heard before? No, because it's not a fucking thing. It's because okay. he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a dog person. He's half person, half dog, and um, he's, he's the dumbest person. Okay, so so I'm I'm zooming through my notes here, but I do want to say that Jake again tries to approach Vienna, who is now sitting with Casey, uh, and Jake says, "You guys are the only ones who can save me." And Casey's like, "Well, do you think you deserve to be here?" And this is where Jake says that he plans to donate all of the money that he gets. <laughs> Uh, at which point Vienna immediately says, "I know that you're two hundred thirty thousand dollars in debt." Uh, which kind of silences Jake for a moment. And this is when Casey kind of pounces and says, you're so messed up, you don't know who you are. And Jake says, everyone here thinks I'm a great guy. And Casey says, no one wants you here. Uh, and this is why other people are sitting around. Like, like li- sorry, there are like six other people. We should have set there. this scene up. They're sitting in like some outdoor lawn furniture with like six other people. It yeah. is very uncomfortable. Kirk, Kirk is there, and he tells the camera that it seems like Vienna and Casey really enjoy humiliating Jake. Yeah, because they go and like make out immediately after yeah. this whole exchange. Yeah, it's like part of their relationship is to go against Jake. Uh, and then Casey, for us, the viewer, does a little show where he flexes his wrist to make his little tattoo dance uh, and says, it's guard and protect time. It's like um, on Pete and Pete on when Pete and Petunia, Petunia dances. Mm-hmm. If like little yeah. Pete was a prick, <laughs> um, is this when we find out the twist? Um, sorry, there's one more thing that happens. Chris Harrison comes in, and Vienna is very upset that she has been made to go on this show with Jake because Chris Harrison immediately comments on the awkward vibe in the room. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, it's Jake and Vienna. And Vienna's like, well, you guys forced us to go on this show right after we broke up. To which Michael Stagliano and Holly wave like, hey, us too. You're not the only ones here. And we're making it work. Um, but yeah, at this point, then Chris Harrison reveals this week, two women are going home. Gentlemen, you are safe. Ladies, you're voting against yourselves. 
house. This is such dog shit. Isn't it gross? It's such dog shit because it's so obvious that they just want to keep Jake in the picture yeah, for Jake like as long as possible. Home. Yeah. Um, that, that is the plan. It is obvious to everyone. Jake is going to go home. Uh, so the women are voting against themselves. Um, and I feel like pretty quickly um, is when Casey takes Gia aside. Uh, is that one of the first things that happens here? Or is there other yeah, stuff? Yeah, well, first, one thing that happens. So after Vienna has this conversation with Chris Harrison, Casey's like, Vienna, do you want to go home? If you want to go home, we'll go home right now. At which point Vienna makes clear, like, no, I don't want to go, go home. I just want Jake to go home. Uh, meanwhile, Michelle Money is putting the pressure on Jake. Like, why are you still here? Like, clearly... It's not going to work out for you. Why don't you just go home? Uh, but then Casey goes up to Gia, says, hey, I've talked to Graham. Um, and it sounds like you're gunning for us and you're in trouble. And I want it, you to know that. And in, in, in not even that. I feel like he's even like he's like, you're going to go home tonight because you crossed us and Graham came and told me. Um and Gia gets really upset. She says, well, fuck this. I'm not going to wait for the rose ceremony. I'm just going to leave. But first, marches up to Graham and said, like, dude, like, we're friends. Yeah. We're, like, actually friends outside of this show. And you just fucked me over. And Yeah. Well, and Graham arbitrarily is like, I didn't say that you you said Casey was going home. I just said that you were trying to make moves as if that's like going to absolve him somehow. Um, and and G gets really upset. And Casey's just like Casey is trying to like um, mollify or just like, hey, no, 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 don't get upset. Don't get upset. And she's like, no, why the fuck would I stay here? Like, everybody here sucks. Everybody here is, like, backstabbing, yeah. and I don't trust anybody here. Yeah, she goes to Chris Harrison and says, I don't think I was made for this game, and she leaves. She wasn't. She's so, she's so sweet. Yeah, she just, um, I mean, the people here are awful, and you have to have the thickest skin imaginable. Yeah. Uh, so she elects to remove herself from the show, uh, at which point there's only one woman left to be voted out. Yeah. And I forget um, who it was. It is. Well, so there's a big thing. Is it going to be Jackie uh, or is it going to be Ella? I didn't even care about this drama while I was watching it. Yeah, no, I know. Well, the thing that was gross is Erica says she wants Ella to go home because Ella is a single mom and really needs the money and is willing to do anything. <laughs> these fucking people i know um and other people are talking about jackie um because they say jackie and ames are a couple um and michael says if we send ella home we lose kirk because kirk has aligned himself with ella um if we lose jackie we lose Ames. Ba basically, whatever woman they send home, they're going to lose yeah. her partner yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, and I honestly, I don't, I really understand why they chose Jackie. Yeah. Uh, but they definitely chose Jackie. So Jackie and Ames were like, they hit it off in that first episode. And they're the ones who are like, we shouldn't be partners because it will be a power couple and people will try and take us down. But they really liked each other and they lived in the same town and like, were like kind of fallen kind of fallen and then there's this beautiful scene where jackie gets sent home and ames goes up to hug her goodbye and they share a long moment 
And then Jackie gets in the car and starts to drive away. I'm getting chills just talking about it. It was literally, it's going to sound so like schmaltzy, but I actually did not actually see it coming. Um, The car starts to drive away and Ames turns to Chris. Are you tearing up a little bit? No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm literally getting goosebumps. (laughs) Ames turns towards Chris Harrison and then kind of gives him a little wave. And then starts chasing the car, and the car stops, and he gets in the car, and Jackie's so excited, and the two of them ride off into the night. It's really good. We watch this, and (laughs) Rachel's like, this is so nice. And it was. It was a fucking oasis in this desert of inhumanity. And then I got on my phone, and I turned to Rachel like five seconds later. I was like, they broke up. (laughs) (laughs) There's this sense of like um, um, omniscience. Because um, as they're getting in the car, Michelle Money's like, those two are going to have babies together. And Griffin looks at his phone. And he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. It was a nice moment, though. But they bro- they did break it was, up. It was like out of a movie. Um, it was like it was like that's the Goodwill Hunting that I got to see about a girl. You know? Yes. I saw that movie like once, like 10 years ago. I don't really remember it very oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um I would love to talk about this next episode very, very quickly. Um, but first, can I steal you away? I don't want to sing it this week. Okay, then you say the thing to me. Hey, Griffin. Uh-huh. Can I steal you away? Oh, Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, every time I did a junk, I doubled it in speed. Uh, people have been really complimentary of my home improvement stingers. Um, yeah, you're better at it than me, okay? But I, I want to take a break this week, come up with a new a new approach for next week. Y'all, she works, she, like, throughout the whole week, she will come to me and be like, what do you think of this? <laughs> pink, 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 pink. And I'm like, Ugh, yes. Yes, do that Stop. one. Stop. You had me at pink, pink. <laughs> um, hey, what do we eat for dinner tonight? Oh, we had a uh, a chicken and couscous meal. Uh, there was lots of good things in it, uh, and it was from Blue Apron. Uh, yeah, it was a seared seared chicken with like um, like a tomato sort of couscous situation. It was real, real good. I made it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Delish. Uh, but Blue Apron helped. Blue Apron, they send you a box every week um, or however often you want it, and it comes with all the ingredients that you need to make uh, delicious home-cooked meals right in your house. Uh, upcoming meals include beef teriyaki stir fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice, baked spinach and egg flatbread with sauteed asparagus and lemon aioli, three cheese baby broccoli stromboli with tomato and oregano dipping sauce, crispy salmon and roasted potato salad with pickled mustard seeds and creme fraiche sauce. We had that like two days ago and it was really, really freaking good. Um, so Blue Apron is great. What do you else like? What the fuck else do you need us to say about I know, blue apron? I was trying apron? to think of a new thing. Oh, you know what? Um, we never really play up the romance part of it, but I think we should. Oh, yeah. so, Very sensual. Sometimes they send like, um, like zucchini. No, Griffin, that's not what I was gonna say. And I'll take a big Let's zucchini. Say, I'll take a big zucchini and two little cherry tomatoes, and I'll put them next to each okay, other. Okay. That's uh, the proportions on that are real weird, but weird, but unfortunately accurate. Uh, okay, <laughs> um, let's say that you are inviting over a special someone and you want to make them dinner, but you don't just want to make them like macaroni and cheese. You want to make them like an exciting a zucchini fancy tomato meal. I made. Do you remember I, the first time I made you zucchini tomatoes? Mm, no, the first thing Griffin made me was shrimp tacos. It's true. 
There were lots of mishaps. Lots of mishaps. Lots of kitchen mishaps. Uh, and if he had made me a blue apron meal, there probably would not have been as many mishaps. No, there would have been probably still some mishaps. <laughs> um, not now, though, because I'm good at cooking because of Blue Apron. Thank you, Blue Apron. Anyway, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash rose. I, I don't uh, like seriously, y'all do this do this thing it's very very good yeah it's great um why did i just turn my phone off like i was just gonna like pull the jumbotrons out of the fucking ether okay this message is for katie b it is from john g happy birthday to my lovely girlfriend who got me into this perfect silly podcast I wish we could listen to more episodes together like when we did in our New York City hotel room. But until then, we can still imagine Rachel and Griffin are our best friends. Love you. You ain't got to pretend. It can, it can be real. Katie and John, we are your best friends. We are your best friends. Also, I want to hear more about that luxury New York hotel room. Do you think it was like in Home Alone 2? Do you think like... Oh, God. Are you going to say cheese pizza? No, but okay. I will. Cheese, pizza. But more importantly, do you think Rob Schneider came to look at them in the shower? A lot of people forget. No, that was Tim Curry also, wasn't it? That was Tim Curry. I love Tim um, Curry. He's had a very full and like awesome body of work, except for the one part where inexplicably he worked at a hotel and he tried to look at somebody in the shower. Katie's birthday is May 15th, so we actually got ahead hey, of it. great. Ooh. Why would anybody working at a hotel? Oh, God. I know he's trying to prove credit card fraud, fraud, right? He thought Kevin McAllister stole his credit cards. or went, Obviously, something is suspicious. He's a child, and this is a very fancy hotel, right? Um, So he thinks that Kevin McAllister is stealing money from his parents or whatever. And so his way to bust him is he goes into his room, and he hears somebody in the shower and the next step in his thought process is, I'm going to go peek in there real quick to prove that this fraud isn't happening, is I'm going to poke my head into the shower and just like look at this person's naked body. And this will, this will prove, this will crack the case. Um, I think Tim Curry pulls it off. No, babe. <laughs> I think, I think, let's say, let's say the actors were different. Uh, let's say that was Richard Dreyfus. So here's a message for Sam, and it's from Mel and Austin, who say, just kidding, it's from Sam. Oh, Griffin. This is the message. This is a message. Who is this message for? Sam. Who is it from? Mel and Austin. What is your message? Just kidding. It's from Sam. Hi, Mel. (laughs) Sorry I showed you up on Austin's B-Day. This is some House of Leaves shit. Like, (laughs) maybe if I turn my phone upside down. Um. Okay, just kidding. It's from Sam. Hi, Mel. Sorry I showed you up on Austin's B-Day. My mother loves you all more than she'll ever love me. Uh, hope that and this message offer consolation. It takes a village to fly too close to the sun, and Kubo was good, and Griffin said it, so that's that. Um, also, there's a pun with Austin somewhere in it. Olive juice wall. This message oh. just turns into... St- <laughs> Did we just launch something on accident? Olive juice. Well, yeah, we just like Manchurian candidated like somewhere just like fucking like Tim Kaine was just like, <laughs> it's time. It's time to party. Um, That's a great Tim Kaine. It's time to party. I'm Tim Kaine. Yeah. Wow. I'm Tim Kaine. I've been activated. <laughs> um. So what was this message for? 
I think it was just a nice message. Um, uh, happy birthday to all three of you. Not now, but on the day. On, <laughs> on your actual birthdays. Happy birthday from us. I'm Barbara Gray. I'm Brandy Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. We're Lady to Lady. Do you want to sleep over in your ears? Is that a friend in your pocket or are you just podcast to see me? We're a portable hangout you can bring to the gym, on the subway, or on an oil rig. Seriously, we have listeners who do that. Show with us while we get high with Margaret Cho. Talk showgirls with Katya from Drag Race. And hear Broadway star Anthony Rapp sing Hamilton. I am not throwing away my shot. (laughs) I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. That's Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Episode three. We have to move so much faster. I know, we'll move faster. Well, we talked a lot about the drums. That's true. There's a lot of drums, and there's a lot of the same drums in this episode. Before the challenge, Jake outlines for us the three strengths he brings into any challenge. Mental durability, physical strength, and problem solving. Cool. He's so He's got so many talents. This challenge, though is synchronized swimming which he like laughs off and i think that you need a lot of like mental and physical durability to be good at i'm a bad unsynchronized swimmer (laughs) and i'm a not great or like dancer to like choreography i when i'm chasing my own sort of dream like i you know what i I think you're good with choreography when have you ever seen me do choreography when we did um the copperhead road copperhead road and when we do dance central that's you're, you're right. Good. That's you're 100 percent right. That's definitely you're very precise. But get me in the water, and I'm just like, a, no. uh, just nothing happens. It's the resistance. You can't have anything holding you back. No, that's why I often get very nude, or I wear my full body mesh when oh, I dance. I can't wait to see that fan art. Don't need to. Just get on my website. <laughs> Here we go. What's your website? It's just called Mesh. Matt, well, I would not encourage people to go to that. No, there's no .com. I imagine that there's no .com or .org. There's no suffix. Just, okay, so anytime that the it's AOL keyword mesh. Anytime the browser tries to put in a .com, you just have to go delete back, it. Delete it, and then download the AOL Instant Messenger <laughs> web browser. <laughs> hey, what was your away message on Instant Messenger? Do you remember uh, those? I mean, do you like a song lyric? I mean, there was a lot of, I remember for a while it was a song lyric from Everclear's Father of Mine. Oh, Griff. Which is <laughs> like my... Uh, it, you have a it, great that, relationship with I have a dad. very good relationship with my father. That father of mine definitely does not describe, <laughs> but I was very into Everclear, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like my daddy gave me a name. People love that. He didn't walk away though at all. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't do the next part of the song. <laughs> No, I just really liked Everclear. People would ask me, like, what the fuck? I'd be like, I just like Everclear a lot. AM radio, it's a jam. Uh, so Jake is actually confident because he had done Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> so he knows that he can do choreography. Um, Vienna does something that she has done on all challenges, uh, which is she indicates her how her previous experience will make her good. Uh, she's done, I guess, gymnastics, so she thought she would be good at another challenge uh, and she's played softball i guess i don't know anyway this time she also thinks she'll be good um and we find out there will be judges that will judge their synchronized swimming the men will do a routine the women will do a routine and the judges will be a actual olympian mm-hmm. 
a gold medalist in this very event. And then um, Dave and Natalie from <laughs> Bachelor Pad 1. We watched the first episode of Bachelor Pad 1, and these two people walked on the screen one year after season one of Bachelor Pad, and I literally just, I don't know who either of you are. God, I'm so glad we're not watching that season. Well, for us, it was like one week. We just watched that episode one one week ago. We have already I don't know. remember who these people are. Uh, the judges will judge their technical ability, their effort, and their showmanship. Um, almost immediately, the boys show that they're going to crush this challenge. Yeah. I was I was as surprised as anybody, and this is like, this is like, this is my shit because I feel like this is the only time in this whole show that we're gonna get like uh, some time with people in the house like being buds with each other. Uh, and don't get me wrong, most of them are still rat bags, but watching these like these boys get excited about synchronized swimming and like mastering, like working very, very, very hard to get their routine going. Yeah, right. That was my favorite part. So each team gets an actual coach uh, and they're in the pool with the coach and the coach is giving them the routine. Um, but we get to see the guys in the bunk bedroom, like counting and practicing. Not like, with a coach. Five, just like six, seven, eight. And they're like in front of all the bunk beds, like practicing their routine uh the the women are not quite as competent um i remember erica was like i'm i can't i don't know how to dive yeah erica says she can't dive and griffin and i were like yeah neither can we no i wouldn't be good there's so many ways in which i would be complete griffin and i are both not good in water no for these stupid ears well it's my stupid ears it's my dumb body (laughs) i just sink i just get in the water and it's just bloop that's just everybody can float i can't believe we're having this conversation again (laughs) you know how i feel about my dumb unbuoyant body isn't that what hope floats is about it's about a man who can't it's a man named hope it's a man named hope and he's played by um spencer breslin he's nine it's a weird like spencer breslin yeah exactly is it abigail breslin's probably okay uh, I meant Josh Brolin. <laughs> I got him confused again, babe. Which one was in No Country for Old Men? Brolin. I think it was Spencer Breslin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so each team gets a few hours to train. Um, and then they they come out and do their routines. Uh, the women are not good. They are they are not in sync with each other, which is really the whole point of synchronized swimming. Uh, but we hear from the judges, and we can just kind of see that Vienna and Michelle are are probably carrying the team the most. Uh, the guys are very very good, um, and it's really it's honestly hard to pick a standout because they're also good. Uh, Erica comments on Jake's package, and we get. A close shot. We get an underwater shot. Of this, like... <laughs> what do you say? This just, like, it's it's while he's, like, bent over, and it's shooting his package from <laughs> underneath. And the shot lasts, like, ten frames. But it is just ten frames of just full-blown, just a, pot, just a big old water roast beef and some Speedos, like, fucking just, like... Mm, slower. Hey, Griffin, slower. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Uh, so the winners for this challenge are Michelle Money and Michael Stagliano. Which immediately Jake is like, 
oh fuck I'm gonna lose and also uh, Vienna and Casey are upset because both of them are not safe which makes them think yeah, that they, they could well, be targeted they wanted to go on a date together too also that yeah uh, so at this point we start to get to see some momentum between Erica and Jake they start uh, spending time together Erica is very complimentary of Jake uh, they have some some touching. Uh, it's a weird, it's a weird, weird thing. They're literally just like talking about gameplay. Like, can we get the votes together to go after Casey? Yeah, I think so. But I think um, if we go for Graham, the trick to that. And while they're talking, like, just like they start touching each other's hands, and it's like, whoa! It, it does not feel like a um, a romance built of great future. No, it could not be more <laughs> like it is extremely transparent in that. Like, I need your votes, so I'm going to touch you gentle on the arm now here we go <laughs> uh this is where there's some casey and vienna flare up uh, and i say that like that's never happened before but definitely on this episode um casey feels like vienna is being too nice to jake we get like one shot of vienna just talking to like just walking by jake and just like hey great job out there politely smiling uh but jake uh Casey wants Jake and Vienna to have nothing to do with each other uh, and confronts Vienna in front of all of her friends, uh, says that she's talking to him too much, uh, at which point Vienna says that he's not protecting her. uh, And Casey tells us, the audience, that Vienna likes to be the center of attention and then tells Vienna, you guys broke up a year ago. You should get over it. Uh, Don't you even know what I'm going through here? The things I've gone through to protect you, and you're acting crazy. Hey, Casey's awful. Yeah, it's it's really. It's I thought Casey was just kind of. Um, what did I say last week? Guileless. I thought Casey. I think, I think we may have been wrong on that. Yeah. Just right. He may be actually quite full of Kyle. Yeah. I, 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 I said it last week, and I mean it. Like I feel like this 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 uh, proclivity of just like. I got a protector man is no, also like, totally right. like hand in hand with like being a fucking piece of shit, like being a, being a, like an abusive dude. I thought, and on the season he was on, on alley season, he just, he, he presented himself anyway as this kind of like old fashioned guy who was like, you know, I just do the chivalrous things uh, because that's how I was raised. And so when he entered Bachelor Pad, I just kind of thought like, oh, look at him just trying to trying to do the thing that he thinks he's supposed to do. But no, he's he's awful, turns yeah. out. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, so date cards. Uh, Michelle's date card. She decides to give dates to Graham, Casey and Blake. We also give a shout out to the worst date card probably of this whole series history. Because it's just like, pick your three. Yeah, I know. And she's like, ooh, wow. Oh, cool. There's no like fun like dive into love. It's just like pick, th- just pick three of these pick fucking three. uniform clowns. This, this homogenous boy pile. Just like grab any three. It doesn't matter. Uh, so this is where we find out that Michelle is kind of into her partner, uh, who's Graham. Uh, and she kind of is crushing on Graham a little bit. Can we speed through their date? I feel like nothing. They went to a really yeah, nice winery. Yeah, they go winery. to a vineyard. Uh, Michelle reveals to Graham that she has a crush on him. Graham, I guess, has been hurt before, uh, so he's hesitant to pursue it, but they do some smooching. 
Uh, and then Michelle tells Blake, hey, Blake, you've hurt my friend Melissa. If you want to stay, you need to fix this uh, or you're in trouble. I don't know how much like Blake and Melissa stuff we fast forwarded through in your notes, but like there's a lot of it this this episode. There's like a lot of like genuinely like it, like Blake using the word crazy to refer to Melissa. Yeah. No joke. 20 times in a single yeah. scene like a lot of just like because you tried to get with her to get a rose on the date and then like immediately backed off uh and started hooking up with somebody else and then she got upset about it like you have to go around and tell everybody in the house like how crazy she is and how you should everybody needs to team up yeah, and vote her all, off all melissa wants is an apology for being let on and blake doesn't feel like he should owe that to her and so he's doing everything he can not to do it and michelle money's like hey you need to figure something out because the women hate you now and you're gonna go home uh she gives her rose to graham and that's their date they have some wine the end next date michael stagliano again who does he choose? He chooses Vienna because Vienna hasn't gotten out of the house yet. He chooses Ella because he's aligned himself with Ella after last week uh, when they decided to save her and send Jackie home. And who does he choose again? Holly, his ex fiance. I don't know why they torture themselves. I don't know like why this. they keep. I mean, I do know why, but it still is a bad. Holly actually says before the date card comes out, I don't want to be asked on this date. I mean, she doesn't say it to him, but she says it to us, the viewer. She like, says a lot of stuff to us, the viewer, that she does not say to no. Mike, Mike Stagliano. Yeah. Uh, Lima shows up, and they are going to ride horses. Uh, Vienna is not exactly happy about the date. Um but, you know, riding horses is not everybody's cup of tea. No, I know. But they're in this fucking idyllic environment. And she's like, I can't believe they're making me wear a helmet. Yeah, she has and to wear it stinks a helmet. like poop. And- it's too hot. Yeah. Um, and so Michael and Stagliano. Michael and Stagliano. No. Oh, that's my favorite new cop drama this, <laughs> this fall on ABC. Um, Michael Stagliano and Holly go off again to talk more about their relationship. Um. She says that he's been very friendly with her lately. Um, and then she kind of leads him on a little bit uh, and and says, like, you know, it just it's it's been so nice being here with you. And it seems like you want to get back together. And uh, she ends up getting the rose, at which point I turned to Griffin and I said, like, is this a play? Yeah, it's really hard to say. Like, I, I, I don't want to be the first to, like, um, obviously, like, confused feelings come with the territory here. But there's a lot. I, I mean, she's straight up telling the camera, like, I do not want to get back together with him. I hope he doesn't ask me out on this date. Yeah. Like, I kind of just want to be back at the house hanging out with Blake. And then when he, she's talking to him, she's like, it's just like, it's so good to, like, be with you. And yeah. it's so good. to, And it's like, um. I don't. I don't know, man. It's a bummer. I think they. But I think the like the trickiest thing about their relationship, and like the thing you have to keep in mind, is that they each um, broke up with each other once, and so like I, I get the feeling that maybe she because he dumped her the second time, like and and she like kind of fought to ask him to take her back after she dumped him the first time, like 
she's maybe a little bit raw. I'm fucking diagnosing like a relationship. Yeah, I know no, nothing she, about that happened does, seven years ago. She does say that she worked really hard to try and make things happen between them. And he was really distant. So, I mean, it's a very complicated situation. Uh, but you know, it's not complicated. After she gets the rose, the other women leave. She gets the opportunity of a lifetime. <laughs> Because what happens next is the most dramatic date in Bachelor Pad history. No, it's not. Brett Michaels' tour bus shows up. (laughs) 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 And he invites them on the bus, and they pretend to be very excited. Maybe they're very excited. It was 2010. I I think fucking Rock of Love had just gone off the air, maybe. 2011. Whatever. Uh... So he invites them on the bus, and he's like, I just want to know about you guys. Uh, What's what's your story? So he's like, (laughs) well, um, we dated for about two years and got engaged. And he's like, congratulations. And they're like, well, no. (laughs) Uh, Don't do that. Uh, Don't say that to us, Brett, please. And then he talks to them for a little bit and says, you know, if you guys don't mind, I've got a show later tonight. I want to warm up. Uh, I like to perform for you. Every rose has its thorn. If you just wait here a minute, I'll go to my guitar. I think it's plural thorns. Thorns? I, I think they have more than one. Every rose has its thorns. Yeah, there's definitely plural. plural. Every rose has its thorn. This rose has one big, sharp thorn on it. You're going to have to look it up. We might both be wrong. Every rose has one big thorn. <laughs> Just like every cowboy sings exactly one song. <laughs> oh my god, is it singular? I think it is, it's Griffin. Singular. <laughs> Boom. Every rose has one thorn. The poison, that's not even accurate. Every rose has one thorn. Go sit go. Every rose has a thorn. Go sit in the wrong corner. Just sit in the fucking wrong corner. What, oh, can I tell you the wrong corner that I made you sit in? And Chris and Steffi? It was the biggest dunk ever. You know those Discover Card commercials? This is Discover Card commercials. You knew this story was getting told up on the show. This is Discover Card commercials where it's a person talking on the phone with another person who like works for Discover, and the whole thing is that they look the same. Everybody else in the room was like, it's the same actor. And I was like, no, it's not the same actor. And they were like, Griffin, you're dumb. And I said, no. And I turned my my phone at them. I said, you're dumb, because I had a tweet from Discover that said they're different actors. Boom. Yeah, I actually, I, I, in a very like sheepish way, I said, you know, it took me forever to realize that that's the same actor on both sides, and everyone like kind a of giggled, a swing and a miss. Not me. I said and no. Griffin was like, no, it's different. I actors. won't let this stand. Anyway, Brett Michaels is playing in Huntington, West Virginia tonight. Uh, this is not a joke. Get there two days ago, and you're gonna have yourself a fucking great time. Ah, uh, yeah, so he sings about the rose and its big thorn. <laughs> um, Roses, each rose has multiple thorns on it. It's so dumb. Yeah, but I feel like, like, lyrically, every rose has its thorns, but plural, it, sounds weird. It's talking about, like, people, right? Like, 
I think we're it's, the roses. It's a more complicated message if there are multiple thorns. But love is complicated. People are complicated. I don't have just mm. one problem. I have thousands. I'm a fucking mess. No. Sing about me sometime, Brett. What happened next? Okay. Next up. Uh, Blake says some more awful things about Melissa. I don't know if we want to get into that or not. It's, it's just a lot, y'all. It's the same shit it's over and over again. Lot. Erica gets in on it too now. Uh yeah well blake we'll get to erica blake i guess kind of apologizes to melissa like doesn't really apologize sincerely just kind of approaches melissa as like a i understand why you might feel the way that you do kind of apology uh and so they seem to be kind of copacetic except Um, in the behind the scenes interviews he calls her a shrew and the b word which i'm not i don't i'm not gonna say that on the show yeah but fuck dude like holy shit how is nobody holding i'm sorry we have to talk about the relationship that comes out of this because i feel like you want to okay it's holly and blake this is the dude like holly holly ends up marrying blake this is the dude that's what makes me wonder about holly because anybody that could marry somebody who behaves like this on the television show what what are you doing holly you had Michael Stagliano. This guy sucks out loud. And Blake. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, so Jake starts working on his plan to get Casey sent home uh, and talks to Erica. Erica is, of course, on board. Uh, they do some more fondling and making out. Nice. Um, Jake also talks to Blake about sending Casey home. And then, but they spend like 10 minutes like, our names sound the same. Well, <laughs> he knows that Blake is also in trouble because the women now hate Jake and Blake. Uh, and so Jake is like, hey, let's team up to get Casey out of here. Blake is not sure whether he wants to do that or not. How many times, by the way, in this episode does, Jake, does Casey say, Jake's a snake? You can't say that, but... He does say it a few times. You can't. <laughs> First of all, it was a wrestler and also but you just can't say rhyming words all the time. Go kick rocks, dude. Deuces. You fucking idiot. Have you ever heard this kick rocks expression? You asked me that already. No. I know, but I don't think you answered me. I have not heard it. Do you just think, because it's like a folksy thing, and I uh-huh. know all the folksy? Yeah, exactly. No, no you do. You know all of no, them. No, mine is more sort of like arcane, deep Appalachian, like um, finding them frogs here split four ways. Oh, God. You love that shit, dude. It is... It is erotically charging for me. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is when we find out it is a very special day in Bachelor Pad because it is Jake and Vienna's six-month anniversary. Oh, my God. It is Casey and Vienna's six-month anniversary. And Casey has gotten Vienna a gift. Um, the gift is a little black box and he's talking about how important it is <laughs> and how meaningful this moment is and how he wants to make her a promise that she'll never forget. And do you remember, babe, when I proposed to you, I got down, it was in our backyard, our old house. I decorated a little bit. It was really romantic and nice. I got down on one knee and I pulled a box out of my pocket and you said to me what Vienna <laughs> uh, told Casey. Um, and this is not a joke. Uh, when Casey pulled this little black box out of his pocket, what did you say that also Vienna said? Uh, I don't want to see an engagement ring. <laughs> I don't want that to be an engagement ring. <laughs> and Casey 
sees immediately like, why would you say why that? Why would you say that? <laughs> and then he's like, it's not an engagement ring. It's a promise ring. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll wear that. Oh, and just to be clear, I I did nothing like that to Griffin. No. I was very happy. Uh, she was like... <laughs> You're, you're all like, <laughs> yes, and you're like, that's the snot coming out, of, coming out of your nose. <laughs> you you remember? You doing like a Blake impression right now? <laughs> uh, okay, so not it's a, not just a promise ring though. Yeah, there's a multimedia component. Not only does Casey give Vienna a ring, he's, I'm sorry to do this to y'all. I I do this to y'all. I feel like every arc that we do of, t- of yeah, a tv show i apologize show. to people that watched it live already uh casey has composed an original song that he sings to vienna and we are going to play it for you right now my love for you tonight I gave you a promise and put it on your finger and all I know now is that you are mine forever so when you're feeling blue just know that I love you Even even the lyrics of that song are like super creepy and possessive. I put the thing upon promise on your finger and know that you are mine forever. No taxis back No taxis back <laughs> It's not an engagement ring. I know how you were upset about that. Why would you even ask that question? Um yikes. That was awful. Uh so that's their six month anniversary. I think these two kids are really going to make it. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is when uh, Erica decides that she is going to join forces with Jake and get Casey sent home and then also get Melissa sent home because. Melissa, like Erica, doesn't have a real strong partnership. Yeah, her thinking is her. Like I'm in trouble. Yeah, but you know who should be in trouble is Melissa because then I won't be. And so he tries, or Erica tries to kind of play up the um, narrative that's going on about Melissa. Uh, So she snoops around, sees that Melissa and Jake are talking, and then starts spreading this rumor that Melissa and Jake are working together. Uh, and this is when Bachelor Pad producers are excited to have footage of Vienna breaking up something with the end of a knife. Uh, so they make Vienna look like she's really They show angry. this footage of like Vienna holding a knife like a hundred times. Uh, they also get some great footage of Erica just full blown solid snaking all over the house. <laughs> yeah, she literally crawls hands and knees up to witness a conversation between Melissa and Michael. Uh, Melissa is uh, talking to Michael. Michael says, oh, Erica said that you were working with Jake. And Melissa's like, I can't believe Erica would say that. I'm going to have to talk to her. And then tries to confront Erica in front of some of the other women. 
and she's very upset. And Erica just kind of plays up this like, whoa, what are you, why are you You're so You're so emotional. About? She's not playing logically. She's using her emotion. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's. Calm down, Melissa. It's so gross. And even Michelle, who is Melissa's friend, is like, I'm maybe, maybe Melissa is too emotional for this game. Uh, and Erica just kind of says, like, uh, to us, the viewer, like, I'm going to manipulate Melissa. Because uh, then she decides to try and go up to Melissa and turn her around again to make sure that she votes Casey. So it's just like everybody pulling poor Melissa back and forth. Yeah, at one point, I, 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 let's talk about this now instead of oh, later. At one point, she wants to leave. She's like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, I'm going to leave this show um, because, like, she shares Gia's realization that everybody here is awful. Um and Jake is like, no, come on. We can stay. We can fight this. And the only reason he's doing that is because yeah. he needs her to stay so that she votes for Casey. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody is is manipulating poor Melissa. Sweet uh, Melissa. That's the song. I was trying to think of what it was. Sweet Melissa. That's beautiful. I can go higher. Sweet Melissa. Chris Harrison comes in. Because it's rose ceremony time. And he says, tonight, the ladies are safe. One man is going home. Which I did. Oh, because Ames left. Okay, I couldn't oh, realize. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't yeah, put we together. we were confused. We were like, why is it only one? Yeah, Ames went home. Forgot about that. Uh, and so the the people up for grabs on this uh, are Jake and Casey, obviously. And then also there's a chance, Blake, because the women don't like him. But no, it basically but boils no. down to... There's 13 people in the house, and you need seven to vote for either. I don't want to just go in and read a bunch of names during the politicking. <laughs> it's not going to be interesting to anybody. Uh, yeah, Casey finds out that his name is out there, uh, and that Erica is one of the people campaigning. And so Vienna is very upset with Erica, and was just like, "You're one of Casey's best friends, and how could you do this to him?" Which I don't, I don't believe they're particularly good no, pals. No, not at all. Um, Jake goes up to Casey. Jake is always like campaigning. He's like, Casey, just want you to know, you know, whatever happens tonight, you know, I know we're both on the chopping block here, you know, and it's just, we'll just see what happens, you know, and Casey's like, all right. <laughs> and what ends up happening, and this was kind of confusing. I thought it was going to be a big cliffhanger. It was cliffhanger. the weirdest cliffhanger execution I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So we're looking between, it's, it's down to... Jake and Casey and the camera shooting back and forth between them. And we're thinking, oh, it's going to be a cliffhanger. And then they shoot to Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison says, Casey. And then the episode ends. <laughs> and so we were like, surely, surely they didn't just give us the the spoiler, that cliffhanger. And so we watched the beginning of the next episode. No, Casey's safe. Yeah, Casey gets the rose. Casey gets the rose. Jake goes home. It, it's like if, um, what's a famous cliffhanger? It's like, who shot Mr. Burns? And it was like building up this cliffhanger and then it was like maggie cut to black <laughs> <laughs> and the next episode was like yeah maggie did it <laughs> or uh who shot jr uh which you know everybody knows that yeah who did it? who did you tell me who did it uh tim curry actually whoa the actor yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is the, this was his thought process there's a child who's defrauding this hotel <laughs> and I'm going to fucking get him to fess up. Oh, I think he's in the shower. Well, I'll just go in there. 
It's like that's not how that's not how you solve this crime, Tim. Tim's character. Um, that has been two episodes of Bachelor Pad. Holy shit! We that's need been to finish three episodes, babe. I mean, yeah, but that we talked about today. Oh, yeah. We got to do three episodes in the next one. I feel like because oh, yeah, Bachelorette's Rachel's starting, starting up. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, we're very excited for. Well, that I'm not excited to watch three episodes of Bachelor Pad season two in the next week, so we can finish uh, our discussion of it before. Or should we just stop now? No, we gotta finish it. <sighs> We've never left a season hanging. I like it. It's just like uh, it is very challenging, but it is also um, like a two hour long TV show that we have to watch six hours of before next week. But that's fine. That's our cross to bear. Um, thank you to everybody that recommends the show to, uh, a friend, a loved one, a family member. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you to, oh, Rose Reckoner. Uh, if you want to play along and do a fantasy league, uh, get, get up and going on Rose Reckoner right now. Um, we used it last season and it was very, very, very helpful. Um, it was, we ended up in second place. Oh, so bad. It was so brutal. Yeah, we were very close, but um what else? Um thanks to Maximum Fun for having us. You can go to maximumfun.org and check out all the great shows there. There's stuff like Stop Podcasting Yourself and Lady to Lady and the Beef one and Dairy Network. Mother. One Bad Mother is a good one. Um uh, lots of good shows all at Maximum Fun. Tights and Fun. Fights. Tights and Fights is a wrestling podcast. Yeah. Um lots of good shows there. If you want to see other stuff that we do, you can go to macroyshows.com. And I think that's it, right? Yes. Thanks to Soldier Boy for our theme song and um, Dez. Dez, yeah. Dez and Soldier Boy. Um, thank you both for this collaboration <laughs> and for the rights that you gave us to use it, that you definitely gave us. Definitely gave us. We're definitely not just like fingers crossed, seat of our pants, <laughs> hoping for the best. Um, Till next time, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready, take it away, Soldier Boy. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert! She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right reasons, right reasons, can't give up all for Jesus. Hey, Max Fun fans, it's MaximumFun.org founder Jesse Thorne. I just wanted to take a minute to congratulate our colleague Ben Partridge. He's the host and creator of the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, and they just won the Gold Award for Best Comedy Podcast in the British Podcast Awards. It's a truly remarkable honor. If you haven't checked out Beef and Dairy Network, you are in for a very, very, very special treat. It's a really remarkable and hilarious show. I would say a perfect podcast. Uh, So... Congratulations, Ben Partridge, and congratulations to everyone who's contributed to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. We're proud of you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.